Well, good morning and welcome to Horizon. We are continuing our series on Anchored today, looking at a very famous psalm, Psalm 23. You probably know it as the Lord is my shepherd, and that shepherd walks his sheep through valleys of the shadow of doubt or death. But the Bible uses the word shepherd as a metaphor for leadership, and we all need leaders to lead us through the valleys and challenges in life. So with us today is Patrick Thompson, and it's been exciting to hear the ways in which you have led your team through challenges. So tell me, as a leader, what gives you excitement and what does it look like for you to lead your team through these challenging days? So as a leader, I think, and what gives me excitement, it's, it's watching people grow. Um, and the name of our company is, is Nurture, and so inherent in that name is just uh, growing and, and developing. And uh, so for me personally, when I see people, um, and particularly our leaders, grow through difficult challenges, um, there's nothing more satisfying for me personally than to watch them um, learn and grow. And, and, that first, and that first week of the corona crisis, you guys had to do that in real time. I mean, tell me, like, what is your industry? You've got one of the most challenging industries to do that in, and what you guys did in that first week. Yeah, we're, we're in, the, in the beauty industry, so uh, we have a salon division and we have um, an educational school division, mm -hmm. cosmetology school division. And so within the first week of when COVID hit, we had to make the decision to close our salons, mm. made it a few days before the forced closure uh, was issued by Governor DeWine. Um, but then we, um, our cosmetology schools, we had to close our clinic floors, but... Um, we wanted to keep providing education. So we rapidly decided that we would go in a full online environment. And, um, but we had to gain regulatory approval for that. Mm. So from the state, our accreditor, and from the Department of Education, because we're a school that uh, accepts um, federal student aid. So we had to work through all those challenges, but really the operational challenges of hmm. learning how to teach in an online environment sure. through Zoom uh, with implementing Google Classroom. And our leaders did that all within a period of about five days. Wow. Which was pretty incredible. Um, and it was because they were really in the zone mm -hmm. of what they love and they, they really love what they do. And that's, a, that's our basic core value is to love what you do and do, love what you, do what you love. Yeah, and how did you as a leader deal with the emotions of that? Because here you are having to lay people off and all the grief of that, lead people into new challenges and the, the leadership lessons in that. What is the structure you put in place? And what are some of the feelings that brought up uh, during those challenges? Well, first of all, um, I think making the decision to lay off 100 people, which that's how many people work in our salon division, um, it became very clear that that was the best way to really save um, the, the business mm. um, and to have them have something to come back to. Right. Um, we initially put them on a paid leave for four days yeah. so that we could, um, so PTO yeah. uh, or paid time off so that we could make a decision and really have all the facts. But mm. by Thursday, Governor DeWine, Thursday, I think it was the 19th, um, he, he forced closed um, mm. salons and all, all, mm. all retail businesses. So we didn't really have a choice at sure. that point. Sure. Um, so that's quickly thereafter we did the layoff. 
Yeah. Um, but that was something I prayed about. It was not something that came easy for me because, you know, I, I'd always um, really committed to the fact that I didn't want to have to lay people off sure, and hadn't sure. had to do that in 15 years of business. Um, so that was very difficult and very mm -hmm. emotional for me. Yeah. Um, and I think emotional for our leadership team. But what we did right away when we figured out we're in a crisis was um, we met, uh, we have six people, including myself, on our leadership team. We met every morning at 9.30 mm -hmm. for about an hour um, and really laid out what we were going to accomplish literally hour by hour mm. and just for that day so mm. that we could be focused and, and accomplish those things that had to be done sure. so we could move rapidly to figure out what are we going to do next and mm. how can we adapt and how can we be flexible and figure this thing out. We think about like when God was leading the people out of Egypt, first thing he taught them is daily bread. You know, how do we, what are we going to do? Not two years from now, not two months from now, but next few minutes. And Jesus certainly picks up on that. So it sounds like you led your people through the idea of how do we get just enough for the next step? And how did you, as a leader personally, lead the folks through all the uncertainty and just the environment of fear, not just how to survive, but how to thrive? Well, I think the, um, and I, I think it may have been uh, at, at a service um, where you described uh, and it resonated with me is that pure love is the absence of fear uh -huh. and, and pure fear is there's no love. Uh. Um, so for me, that was something that I really focused on. Hmm. Um, and there's a model out there that shows fear and then it shows learning and the next step is growing. And then we added our love to that. Huh. Um, and it was a model that actually Aveda, which is we're in partnership with them in our salons and our, our schools, we were, we're a licensee of theirs. And so they had rolled out this model right mm. away. Huh. And so we added a fourth sphere to it, which was the love sphere. Huh. And, um, and because, like I said, our, our grounding and our core value is do what you love, love what you do. Yeah. Um, we added that to that. And, and the, the, the focus is to really get people to to live in that zone of doing mm. what they love, yeah. their passion. Right. And I think that's what enabled the team to pivot so quickly mm. was because truly they love what they do. They love serving the students. Mm. They love being shepherds themselves yeah. to the flock of our students and they care about that. And so they were mm. motivated by, I've got to do something quickly to help these people. Sure. And I think that's another thing that, you know, in the midst of a crisis, if you um, focus on helping others, mm -hmm. um, you know, th that's what the Bible says sure. that, that will rejuvenate you. And I've seen it play out over the last seven weeks is that when people are involved in doing something where they're serving others uh -huh. um, and it becomes more selfless, they don't focus as much on their own um, pain and their own uh, difficulty. Sure. And I think everybody lives in that fear zone. And mm. I think admitting, and that's one of the things that I've tried to do as a leader is mm. to say, it's okay yeah. to live in fear. Yeah. All of us live in fear. All of us, you know, are afraid when we go to the grocery store that we're going to pick it up or, sure. or we're, we're, we're in there. But if we can live less in fear mm. and more in love, then um, we're going to be better off. I think it's been great to hear um, 
how you were able to be a shepherd for your flock. And I think one of the ways that we can be a shepherd is to have a shepherd. And so I think that's what we're going to look at today in our series is we need to know that there's someone leading us through those valleys. And the reoccurring promise God gives during that Psalm 23 is that he is with us. He is with us in the midst of the valleys and he's leading us to those mountaintops. And so we're going to continue that. And I hope you can find the same kind of hope and courage and real practical leadership lessons you can use with your family, with your challenges, and with your team as well. You know, I love talking to Patrick about how he was able to help his company guide, lead, and navigate a really challenging time. I know many of us are doing the same thing. We're leading our families, our companies, and even ourselves to some challenging moments. The Bible has a word for leadership that's very interesting, and the word is shepherding. Shepherding. And you know, we all need a shepherd that can take us through the valleys. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd rather have the type of shepherd that leads me around the valleys, maybe under the valleys, maybe even fly me over the valleys. But life is tough. And God offers a type of leadership, and He offers a type of shepherding to lead us through the valleys that we go through. Now, when I was in Israel in 2012, I got a new mental Rolodex to what shepherding's all about. We're driving along with about 80 of us, and all of a sudden, we look out the window and there is nothing. I mean, nothing but desert and rocks out our window. And our leader says, stop the bus, stop the bus. And we pull over in the middle of nowhere, and he says, let's head out, I wanna show you something. All of a sudden, we come across a shepherd. And this shepherd wasn't an old man with a big beard like you see in Christmas uh, parodies or Christmas um, musicals, maybe at church. It was a little girl. She's like 11 to 13 years old. And a whole group of sheep were following her. And they were miles and miles away from home. And he said, now watch how the sheep follow the shepherd. As we followed it, we noticed there were certain paths that they took well-worn paths for maybe hundreds of years that shepherds have led the sheep. Now the interesting thing about that is that we walked up to the top of the mountain where the shepherd was with the sheep and he looked down. He said, now look at this. And he points to this hard, tough to grass, barely even green. We looked down at it and he says, what do you think that is? A weed? He says, no. That's a green pasture. A green pasture? Like when I hear Psalms 23 at a funeral, the Lord leads me to green pastures, I picture luscious golf courses, not one little plucked tuft of green grass. He said, yeah, the shepherd leads the sheep to have just enough to get to the next mountain. Just enough for the next phase. He said, that's what God does with us. He gives us just enough courage, just enough strength, just enough wisdom to get to the next day or the next hour. So I learned all kinds of things there. What are shepherds like? What is green grass like? What is a path of righteousness? Yeah, I I think for many of us, we all need a shepherd. Someone to lead us through the different valleys we go through, but also all of us are shepherds. We are guiding and influencing the people around us. 
our families, our companies, anyone you influence. So I want to give you two actions of a shepherd. Two things God does for us that we can emulate when we go to lead and guide other people in our life. Now the first thing a shepherd does is a shepherd makes us lie down. Now what do I mean by that? Well again, if you've ever heard Psalm 23 before, you probably recognize these verses. Shepherds make me lie down. So when it comes to life, you better pace yourself. Here's how the Psalm opens, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. He's my shepherd, mine. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He, he leads me beside still waters and by doing so, he restores my soul. Now, what does it mean for God to be my shepherd? See, that's very, very personal, isn't it? God, you're mine. And especially when you go through valleys, when you go through challenges, it's easy to think, God is not my shepherd. God has left the building. But even in the middle of his challenges and difficulties, David's able to lean in and say, God, I don't understand everything you're doing, but you are my shepherd and I'm gonna trust you. You ever had a season in your life where religion or Christianity or church went from being a thing you do or a, a checklist your parents maybe did to becoming very personal? What does it mean? Again, look at this phrase. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. What does it mean for God to make you lie down and for him to be your shepherd? I'll never forget a time I was walking through a valley of the shadow of death. I was going through a very dark time in my life. And the moment that most captures it was I was sitting in my bed one night suffering from all types of symptoms of depression. I'll never forget that evening. The room felt dark and the darkness felt thick. It's the best way I can describe it. The darkness was hovering in, pushing in, compressing me that night. And in the middle of that darkness, I cried out the most sincere prayer I've probably ever prayed. God, help me. That was it. God, help me. It was all of a sudden the darkness became thinner or less oppressive. I felt the fear lift. I felt the darkness begin to move away. And I started a new pattern that day. I started going to church, not just on Sundays, but Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and Wednesdays. Not because somebody told me I had to, but because I had to inside. I had to hear a promise from God God, you're my shepherd. Lead me through this valley. Lead me through this challenge. Help me understand what I'm going through here. That's when God became my shepherd. Do you have a moment in your life where you just had to hear a promise, had to hear God to to lead you? See, God will take you through seasons when he makes you lay down and go through some things you don't even want to go through. Will you learn what it's like to personally make him your shepherd? But again, he doesn't just lead you besides those green pastures, that, that, that tough, that's just enough for the next day. He also leads you besides still waters. 
So what are still waters? Because it seems like that green tuft and these still waters is what God uses to restore your soul, to fill you up, to give you what you need to keep going. What is a still water? Well, here's the thing about a sheep. A sheep doesn't know where the next water hole is, right? They don't. So again, when I was traveling through this wadi, now what's a wadi? A wadi is a dry riverbed. We're going through this dry riverbed and we see this cave up on the left-hand side. Probably wouldn't have even noticed it. But when we got closer, all of a sudden, we hiked down into this well that somebody dug at the side of a dry riverbed. We make our way into the well and sure enough, there's stairs going down. It's filled up with water. Now, even though there was a drought, no water during this season, the living water or the rushing water was gone, but it was captured in this well, what's called still water. See, still water is where the shepherd provides for us. It's not the rushing water. It's the still captured water to restore our soul. And here's what God knows for you and I. He knows that we don't know if the next well is two miles or 10 miles away. He provides us with still waters. He says, guys, time, time to lay down. Pace yourself. Better drink up now because it's gonna be several hours or days before we drink again. Come on, sheep. Let's eat a little, little tuft of grass. It's what you're gonna need to sustain yourself before you get to the next mountaintop. See, the good shepherd will make you lay down, lead you beside still waters. So how do we do that? Like, what does it mean for God to be our good shepherd? What does it mean for us to pace ourselves with his pace? And how do we do that? Let me give you a way to help dig down into that idea on how to pace ourselves. One of the things that we're trying to do during this season is give you a robust tool to help you learn how to connect with God, how to pray, how to connect with him during challenging times. One of the tools you can use to do that is available through our app. Now, if you've never downloaded our app, type in your app store or Google store, Horizon Space CC. The app will download and there's lots and lots of resources on how to learn how to pray, how to learn how to lead, And today I want to share one with you about what it means for God to be your shepherd. When you pull the app up, you're going to see there's current messages, our pathway to prayer we've been going through together as a church. Then there's something called reflections, little weekly promises you can reflect on. And then something called past messages. If you click on past messages, it'll give you the opportunity to search an archive of 10 plus years of resources. Now one of those on the past messages you'll see is a little magnifying glass that pulls down a way to search. And you can search under keyword, and if you type in the word flock, F-L-O-C-K, a series will come up called Flock Watchers. Flock Watchers is a multi-week series we did on what it means for God to be your shepherd, how to trust him as a shepherd, and also how to emulate him as a shepherd. So if you've ever dug down into this idea Or just wondered, like, how do I do this shepherd thing? This is a whole series on that, where I tell the story of a CEO who runs a a large company down in Texas. But when he was in college, he actually was mentored by his college professor 
who at the same time consulted with gigantic Fortune 500 companies. He said, teach me how to be a leader. And this Christian professor and consultant took him to his ranch in Texas and for many, many weeks had him deal with sheep. He said, everything you need to know about leading, you'll learn here at the ranch. So this is a great series to help you as you're digging into this idea of what it means to lead like a shepherd and to pace yourself as you're trusting God as your shepherd. Now, one of the words the Bible uses for a pastor is shepherd. Kind of a weird word, really. But it's the idea that we're trying to lead us as a congregation through this challenging COVID-19. And I'm getting lots of texts and emails with a big question. What question is that? When are we going to be back in the building? When are we going to be back together? And I got to tell you, we are so excited to be opening the building very, very soon. Our team's been working double time, triple time to figure out how to clean the building and put a system in place to make sure it is clean and safe for you and your family. We've got systems worked out. We are strategizing all kinds of innovative ways to meet the governor's need for the social distancing and still have chance for us to meet together in this building. So we are so excited about meeting together soon. Details to follow. You can sign up for our newsletter to get all the details week by week. And each week in the messages, I'll give you increased details. But I just gotta tell you, I am so proud of our team who are preparing to welcome everyone back home during this time. And you might say, what can I do? Well, as we begin to open services, it's a great opportunity. We're gonna need people to serve in unique and different ways. If you say, what else can I do? Maybe God as your shepherd is calling you to give during this time. Looking for ways to financially, we need your gifts and your gifts and your service are gonna help us prepare an environment to help meet our community in a very unique way in a very unique time. Now again, God's our shepherd, right? We're pacing ourselves. We wish we could go faster, but we're trying to stay in step with our shepherd. So number one, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down. So pace yourself. Now the second thing a shepherd does is shepherds walk us through valleys. So stay close to the shepherd, right? I wanna be near someone who's been down this path before. Someone smarter than me, someone wiser than me, someone who has courage and strength and the resources I need to navigate through this valley. And that's what David alludes to here in the passage. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now this word death is really interesting. It doesn't just mean death, although we hear this often at a funeral. It means the valley of the shadow of doubt, of confusion, of I do not know what to do and I have never been here before. And when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of of doubt, I'm not gonna fear any evil. How can he say that? Because you are with me. How powerful is that? To know that even if you don't like the valley you're in, even if you don't like the challenges you're going through, you don't have to fear evil because the good shepherd is walking by your side. He is with you during these doubting times and these confusing times and these difficult times, right? That's what's, what God's offering to you and I. 
stay close to me. Stay close to me when you see the shadows, when you feel the darkness thickening around you. Stay near the shepherd. And that's hard, right? It's hard because when you go through difficult times, you feel like God's abandoned you or God's dropped the ball. So it's like, I don't know if I want to be close to this shepherd who's letting me go through this, making me go through this. I heard an interesting story. In fact, what's fascinating about this idea of him being the shepherd for you are with me is that sometimes God is with you. He's close to you and you're like, I don't know if you're good based on what you're doing here. What do I mean? Let me tell you the story of some shepherds in Scotland. Here's kind of a common practice if you're a shepherd. Your sheep have a problem with ticks, right? They get into their ears, they get into their nose, and they can cause Lyme disease and all kinds of very deadly diseases for the sheep. So what does a good shepherd do? The shepherd goes and gets a a bath and fills it with this chemical that kills ticks. But the only way it's going to work is if the whole sheep is submerged into the whole bath. Ears, nose, everything. So the sheep line up and as they come along, the shepherd grabs it. Bah, 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 boom plunged all the way under. And if you're the sheep, you're underwater thinking, bah, blub, blub, blub. I thought that was a good shepherd, blub, blub, blub. I'm being water tortured, waterboarded by the good shepherd, blub, 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 right? This isn't a good shepherd. A good shepherd wouldn't do this to me. This is a bad shepherd. That's what you're thinking. But the shepherd knows something the sheep doesn't. What? He knows that I've got to hold you under to protect you and kill the things that will try and destroy you. Let's look at that passage again. Yea, though I walk, yea, though I'm held under the valley of the shadow of death, of doubt, of confusion, you're with me. And not just anyone's with me, a good shepherd is with me. And even though I don't understand it, even though I'm held under, I can say, God, I don't understand ticks. I don't understand Lyme disease. But I tell you what I do understand. I understand that you are good and you are for me. And I'm gonna trust that whatever you're allowing to happen in my life, it's because you're trying to protect me from something in the future. Isn't that powerful? In fact, you remember last week, I interviewed Mike Collette and he was talking about his business. He said, my business during COVID-19 feels like somebody is holding me underwater and I don't know when they're gonna let up. And worse than that, I've gotta make complex business decisions. It's like trying to play chess while I'm underwater. But he noted the same thing that Patrick noted with his business. I'm trusting God to not only lead me through this valley, through the valley, but I'm also asking God for wisdom so I can lead my flock, my sphere of influence through this valley as well. 
In fact, this week I had an opportunity to talk to uh, a friend of mine, a doctor who attends our church. And he noted how important this verse is. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear any evil, for you are with me. He said, Chad, you tell everybody my story. He said, I just felt like God was preparing me for these challenges. I was actually studying Psalms 23 to teach it to other doctors on our Belize trip this year. Little did I know that God would use that to lead and guide me through the most difficult weeks and months of my life. I said, well, tell me what happened. He said, we come back from Belize. God just keeps saying, I am your shepherd. I am with you. Do not fear. The next couple months, everything came tumbling apart from every direction. Sure, it was the fear of COVID-19. That was one pressure point. My business blew up in ways that I, I couldn't even manage, didn't see coming. Some related to COVID, some related to no more elective surgeries. Personally, I had good personal friends, long trusted friends that violated my trust at such a deep way. It affected me personally, financially, and I just felt the walls caving in. Isn't that what a valley is like? The walls come caving in. He said, of course, when you're under that type of stress, is my business gonna even survive this? How do I navigate this? The pressure in my marriage as we're trying to navigate, what does this mean and why didn't you stop this or couldn't you have done something about this, right? Just normal stuff that happens when the walls come crashing in. But he said, I kept coming back to, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, yea, though I walk through this valley of the shadow of death and doubt and confusion, I'm not going to fear any evil. There's a lot of evil to fear, but I'm not going to fear any evil, for you are with me. Isn't that powerful? Don't you want that promise and that hope? That's what it looks like to stay close to God to lean into God when you're going through a valley. But I love how the psalm ends. In fact, you've ever heard Psalm 23. It's amazing how often the conclusion gets very, uh, very little press. But it says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You see, when you follow the good shepherd, you can trust, you can hope, you can have confidence that when you follow the good shepherd, goodness and mercy will follow you. Because isn't the problem with fear or anxiety that you're afraid that evil is following you trying to creep up behind you. But the promise of Psalm 23 is that when you follow the good shepherd, you can know, you can bank on the fact that goodness is following you. Another way to say it is, when you chase after God, goodness chases after you. Now this idea comes from the Old Testament. 
You see, when God appeared to Moses, Moses says, God, I want to see you. And God said, I'm so powerful. If you saw me, um, it would hurt your eyes. Thinking about like a normal human being looking at a welder. You need a mask. Otherwise, that spark will hurt you. So God says, hide in the cleft of the rock. I'm going to swing by and you can see the afterglow of me. And the afterglow, the Bible calls the goodness of God. Isn't that cool? That wherever God has been, what remains behind him is goodness. And I don't know if you believe in the Moses story or believe that when he came down the mountain, his face was glowing. But even if you don't believe it, it's a powerful metaphor. I do believe it. That Moses was so close to God that just being around where he used to be a few minutes ago, his face glows with goodness. We'll pick up that idea with David. David says, when you follow the good shepherd, you can have confidence that goodness is following you. Did you know that was our theme this year for those who went on the Belize trip? In fact, they all had t-shirts. The t-shirt said, chased by mercy. Because they were studying Psalms 23 together. When I'm chasing after God, mercy is chasing after me. When I'm following the good shepherd, goodness is following after me. And what has been such a privilege as your pastor is during this challenging time, we have sensed that God is with us as a church and we've had such an opportunity to encourage people at all different levels, with all different valleys, with all different challenges to lean into God and say, God, I'm following the good shepherd and I'm gonna trust that goodness is chasing after me. In fact, many people have sent me notes saying, Chad, for the first time, first time I finally get what it means to trust in God and to make it personal. Maybe that's what you'd like to do today. Maybe for the first time you'd like to lead and follow the shepherd or maybe renew that commitment of saying, God, I need you to lead me through this valley and through this season. Why don't you pray with me? Can I pray for you? Let's pray something like this. Say, God, I admit that I am not qualified to figure out all this uncertainty. But Father, I'm gonna trust you and your son, Jesus, who came to earth and navigated the most difficult valley on the cross for me. And I'm gonna trust that if you could figure that out, I can trust you to help me figure out my valley as well. And I'm putting my confidence and my hope in you. And maybe if you've done that before, you wanna renew that commitment today by saying something like this. Father, help me to follow you. Remember your good And help me to have confidence, Father, that goodness and mercy is chasing after me. You know, the band came to me a few weeks ago and our creative team, they said, we've got a song that we think would be perfect to end the service on May 31st. And I had never heard this song, but it is perfect. It speaks about a God who walks 
through the valley with us. So as you hear this next song, I hope that you almost feel the arms of a loving shepherd walking with you and giving you confidence for a good future and a good hope. And we'll see you all next week.